Okay, so tomorrow night is uh, Hanukkah, and I thought that we would say a vort on Hanukkah, and then we would uh, lead into a little bit of the Tanya that has to do with it, and maybe uh, maybe a little bit something that uh, maybe Laura likes about uh, about Tyra and light. Let's see how this goes. Everybody's getting spoiled today, man. It's like... So the Gemara says, in the uh, famous Gemara, the Gemara says, in Shabbos, the Gemara says, The Mitzvah, the Menorah, the Mitzvah is to put it by the door of the house, on the outside. However, when it's, it's a uh, when it's a time of danger, then one puts the menorah inside the house so that they should one, one should not uh, exasperate the situation. Okay. So he says like this. I thought to myself, so now the, uh, the Das Sofer, who is the grandson of the uh, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Moshe Sofer, the Hassam Sofer, maybe the great-grandson, um, he said he has a peer, uh, the Das Sofer is a commentary on Chumash amongst others for him. And uh, on the Pasha, at the end of Pasha's Mikates, he has a little bit, a couple of pieces on, the, on Hanukkah. So in this, in this, uh, in the middle here, he quotes this Gemara and he wants to say the following. He said, Marti Lufarish al Derech Remes. Uh, I wanted to explain according to the, uh, the, the, the Gemara is hinting to something. Gemara is hinting to this like this. The Gemara says that all of the Mepharshim explain that the miracle of Hanukkah was, he says, the Geula Sanefesh was the uh, redemption of the soul, salvation of the soul, the saving of the soul. That what was that? That they came out of the darkness into the light. What's the darkness? The darkness is lack of Torah, and the light is Torah. Why? Because the, he says the, Greek, the Greeks decreed that Klai Yisrael are not allowed to keep Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos, and Bris Milo, the three mitzvahs, these three mitzvahs, which are the main, one of the, the, the main parts of, of Yiddishkeit. And they wanted to uproot it, Hachas v'shalom, the Torah from Israel. Right? They, that's what they wanted to do. Therefore, when the Jewish people overcame, or as we say on every Moshe Shabbos, uh, this Pasuk in, uh, in Megillah, to the, the Jewish people, there was Ora, if I'm not mistaken, the Moshe says in Megillah, and Tez Zion in the base, if I'm not mistaken, Zu Taira. Oira, the light, means Taira. Right? So, therefore, they were, um, they were, the Greeks brought darkness by trying to uh, eradicate the Torah, which is, euphemistically speaking, extinguishing the light of Torah. And once the Greeks were, uh, uh, once the Greeks were overpowered, then, once the Greeks were overpowered, then the, um, the light of Torah was able to shine again. And therefore, all of those that are engaged in the light of Torah, they experience salvation. To the Jewish people, there was an aura. Right? And therefore, what do we do? Therefore, we make 
uh, we make a zeichel in we make a, a zeichel, we make a commemoration for the miracle of Hanukkah through the lights. That's why we have a menorah and that's why we have lights. Because the light represents uh, uh, Torah and mitzvahs, like it says in Mishlei 6, Chav Gimel, Kiner Mitzvah B'Torah, or that the Ner, the candle is the, is the mitzvah and the Torah is the light, right? So therefore, um, we, we make, uh, uh, we, we, we specifically make the miracle uh, of, uh, we specifically commemorate Hanukkah, which is the, 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 the salvation from the Greek uh, oppression uh, with, with, with the light of the, of the candles to represent that the salvation was the salvation of Torah. Okay. Can I ask? Yes. Why don't we make a suda like for other... Okay, so that the Mephorshim discuss. The Mephorshim discuss when they talk about the difference between Hanukkah and Purim. And one of the reasons that they give is that they say that, uh, which we discussed in the past and we can, we, we can, we can discuss at a different time, but the reason, why, the reason why is because there wasn't... Food is a... Uh, Food is a bodily uh, is a is a bodily is a is a physical nourishment for the body. It's physical nourishment for the body, and um, so therefore, in order to so and, and the Haman wanted to kill all of the all of the Jews physically. So therefore, in order to celebrate that, we we eat food, which is a physical celebration. But Hanukkah. The Greeks wanted to, uh, the Greeks wanted to, spiritually annihilate us, not physically, because if a person converted or stopped learning Torah or whatever, uh, like the Muranos, for example, then 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 they would there'd be no problem, right? So therefore, the celebration is specifically with halal and 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 uh, spiritual things, not not physical things, which is the food. This is the food. Therefore, there's no mitzvah to have a suit mitzvah. That's one of the reasons given. Now, he says that one of the ways... Okay, so this is, this is the basic of uh, Hanukkah, that, uh, right? Anyway, so therefore, one of the ways, he says, that the Torah and, 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 and one of the ways of Torah and fear of heaven is, is there's a mitzvah to uh, proliferate and propagate the, uh, the Torah, to teach people to teach people philosophy, uh, philosophy uh, Jewish thought, halacha, to teach people Torah. That's one of the mitzvahs uh, that, that's incumbent upon, upon everyone. He says, he quotes a sefer called the Binali Itim that explains the Mishnah in Birki in chapter 2, Mishnah number 8. Uh, Torah Harbe, if you learned uh, a lot of Torah, don't, 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 do, don't, uh, Take credit for it because that, that's your that, that you were this is what you were made for. There's no, no reason to feel good, not, no reason to feel arrogant about it because that's, that's the basic obligation of every, of every person. Uh, but he says it in a little bit different way. He says, The expression of the mission is, Do not grab the, the honor, the, 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 like a, a, a favor for yourself. Don't grab the favor yourself to say, oh, I did a good thing, because that's what you're supposed to do. He says, no, al-taxik do not grab the Torah that you learned only for yourself. Rather, ela lim you should share it with others. Share with others. 
So he says, okay, so that's why, now back to the, okay, so fine. So the Greeks decreed that there should be no Torah, celebration of the Torah, celebrated with, with Hanukkah. Very nice. Uh, and and, and, uh, and uh, the, the, the light of Torah is the salvation of the Jewish people and the shaman from the darkness to the light and is a mitzvah upon all of those that know to teach it to others. Back to the Gemara. Now the Gemara says that when you make the, the uh, menorah, you should place it on the outside, but when it's dangerous, put it on the inside. So he says like this. So what are, what are Chazal hinting to? They are saying... What are hinting to? They are saying like this. Um, therefore, a person should put the Ner Hanukkah where? On the outside of the house. In front of the doorway. What is that a hint to? He says, What's the purpose of putting the menorah outside? It's to publicize the miracle of Hanukkah. And that's a hint to that one should publicize the Torah that the miracle of Hanukkah represents, to teach it to others. So the menorah standing outside of the door is a, is a symbolism for that it's incumbent upon all of us that know to teach to others this, what, what this menorah represents. However, he says, sometimes he says, sometimes the world is... is, uh, is is dilapidated. Sometimes the world is, is, is not holding in a good place. A person has a danger in, 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 in attaching themselves to the world. Right? What's the danger? The danger is a person can be subsumed within the philosophies or the sins of the people on the outside. So then there's a mitzvah to separate oneself and to be by oneself, like the Rambam, he doesn't quote the Rambam here, but the Rambam in the Laws of Deus says that a person is obligated even to go, if the whole oil is Meshigah, a person is obligated to go over there on the 17 highway and sit in a cave by themselves. Right? Just to not be uh, uh, in, 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 involved in, in, in the Meshigasin. Right? So he says like this. So therefore, that's what the Gemara says, that when it's a, you put the menorah outside and teach people Torah, but when it's a sakana, when it's a danger, so in the, in, the, in the literal, if it's a danger to put the menorah outside because it's rampant anti-Semitism, therefore, uh, if you put the menorah outside, people will attack you and you may be in danger, so therefore you bring it on the inside so that, so, so that you don't get attacked to save yourself. That's in the literal. In the figurative, it says it means since the, the, the light of Torah is represented by the menorah, therefore, a person is obligated to teach everybody Torah, to bring the light of monotheism to the world. But if it's dangerous, meaning for the person themselves, meaning that they can, they themselves will be subsumed within, within the, the world out there and their ideas, then if it's, if it's a time of danger, then a person should put it on the inside and not teach it to others. That, that, it, should be, that, that it should be private inside their home. Not that they should stop learning, of course, but they should privately learn. That's what he... Uh, that's what the Das the Das Soifer wants to say about this Gemara. And I guarantee this Hanukkah, more and more people will light outside. Right, just the opposite, you mean? Mm-hmm. She, you say the opposite, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's saying that they will. They will. Yeah. Right, the opposite. Right. The opposite of what? It, uh, what the Das Soifer is saying. Yeah. Right, because now we're. I think we feel a little bit more of a, a freedom. So therefore, we you know 
were, were more rebellious uh, against, the, against the world who was anti-Semitic. So um, people bedavka put them in order outside, you know? Specifically. Because I don't have any windows. Oh, you always put it down. Right. Here. Okay, anyway, so I thought that at the end, finish the, uh, we finally finished the, uh, the no, the Shar Hayichud Vemuna. Starting the, uh, starting the, um, the, uh, the, the third Chalik, which is the Geras HaTshuva. But the last two chapters here, or three chapters, the Tanya discusses something interesting. He discusses the 22 letters of the alphabet, the, the Aleph base of the Torah. He discusses what the, the Aleph base represents. So I figured maybe we read a little bit of it uh, to, 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 to see what... Um, I mean, I don't think the Nebuchadnezzar Chaim disagrees with this part of it, at least. This chapter we discussed last week, but uh, not this chapter, this section of the time we discussed last week. But I think that the, the, the Torah itself, he says something interesting. So let's, let's, let's take a look at it. Yep. He says like this. The Mishnah says in Pekiyavis that the Hashem created the world with ten statements. So he says the terminology of the ten statements is only It's only vis-a-vis us. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not in relation to Hashem. It's in relation to how we understand reality. That also a person has inside of himself character traits, which we're going to give an example for, which when they come to actualize themselves, when they manifest themselves in action, they come clothed with the letters of, of thought. For example, he says, Every single one of us have within us chesed, kindness. And we have racham, we have mercy. So how does that germinate? How does that grow? How does it manifest? So it's impossible. Excuse me for one second. You know, he kisses the mezuzah, but you don't say... Yeah. So, we're... Tanya, Shar Hayichud Ve'amuna, chapter 11. So, we just said, the Tanya is explaining how a person can germinate uh, his thoughts of how chesed, the attribute of chesed is manifest through the person. So he says like this. He says that If a person, let's say, wants to give tzedakah, right? Let's say a person wants to give tzedakah. First, before they give tzedakah, they have to think about giving tzedakah in their mind. And they have to think, I'm going to give tzedakah. I'm going to drive somebody to the airport. They have to think that in their mind. Because they can't, uh, nobody ever does tzedakah or drive somebody to the airport without thinking about it. First, whatever thought comes in a person's brain, in their mind, first there's thought, then there's action. 
For example, let's say they tell somebody else to go drive so-and-so to the airport, or a king tells one of his servants to go and do something. Then, not only is there action that, that follows the thought, but in between there's also speech that follows the thought. So then there's the thought, the speech, and the action. So a person thinks about driving somebody to the airport. That's thought. They ask somebody to drive someone to the airport. That's speech. And then that person drives somebody to the airport. That's action. Correct? A person, let's say, speaks about a plan. A person speaks about a plan. In a person speaks about a plan uh, to do some kind of chesed. So, let's just, let's just speak this out even more. Let, in, in the language that he says it. That, he's saying like this. He says that, I'm thinking to drive, to give to duck. Okay? Now, where does that thought come from? Where does it come from? So, it comes from the nishama. The neshama has within itself a koach, a power, to give tzedakah. Now that power itself, you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't sense it. It's in there, in the neshama somewhere, but until it clothes itself in a thought that says, I'm going to give tzedakah, I can't even grasp it. But once it comes as, I want to give tzedakah, then it's as if a figurative let- letters, or however you want to call it. Uh, you know how they, they, they have the, they have the um, uh, when they draw a cartoon, they make like a little, a little bubble that comes up. What? Bubble. A bubble that comes out of a person's head. So either I see it in letters, or it's a bubble in my head, but I'm thinking, I want to give tzedakah. But that's not the first original Koach, the first original power of that thought, the first original power of that thought was in the Nishama somewhere, which was not clothed with a thought. Yes? So, as soon as I think about it, now the thought itself, the bubble, or the letters of the thought, are like the clothing for this Koach, for this power. And now I can deal with it. Right? But then once I speak it, let's say I want to say it to someone, I want to say to someone, um, can you take so-and-so to the airport? Right? If I want to say that, now the thought has been clothed in speech, in letters. More than that, let's say I write it down. Let's say I write down the letters. Can you take someone to the airport? Now the written word is, clothing the spo- is, is the clothing for the spoken word the spoken word is the clothing for the thought, and the thought is the clothing for the koach, the power that's within. You hear what we're saying? So therefore, he says that the... Therefore, he says that the, the action or the speech or the written word is, is, uh, is... Yes, it's just the written word. It's just a letter that I took a pen and just wrote 
a symbol, but it represents, it's, it's, it's a, also a, a cover, it's a, um, a clothing, I don't know what a better word to put for it, for something way deeper than that, a power that's within the neshama. Yeah? So that's how, that's how chesed manifests itself. It comes from the most deepest part of ourselves when we do something. It's coming all the way from the depths of our neshama. When we expression of the of the of the of, of the chesed, so at the end we just see a common a common action, but that common action is has been a, a trickle effect, an emanation from our neshama all the way down through. So he says like this. He says. Um, he says also. Um, I want to skip because I want to get to the point which I, which we wanna, which we wanna make. But okay, let's just let's keep going a little bit, but then we'll skip afterwards. He says like this. He says, "Kein aderich mashal midosav shel akodesh baruch hu." So too, um, so too, as a parable, are the attributes of Hashem. So when we say that the world was created, as we said, the Mishnah says in Perkiyah, in the 10 statements, the world was created. What we mean is, says the Balatanya, is that those statements are a clothing for Hashem's thought. And the thoughts of Hashem are clothing for the Shem's power. So when we say that it was a statement that's it's a kind of it's kind of weird for a layman, uh, a novice to approach this mission in Perkiyot. What does it mean when I say a statement? How, how, how when I make a statement? How do I create anything but a statement? How do I create a statement? Is a statement? I hear it and then it's gone as soon as I hear it. What does it mean that the statement create? But in, in the, the, the 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 word statement means. The word statement means a clothing for a force, a power that Hashem has. That power is what's creating the universe. The same way, again, this is only a mashal, the parable, the same way that the, the, the chesed that originated in the neshama, which we just described at length, created, so to speak, the action of the tzedakah being given, so too the universe is created with the statements of Hashem. The statements doesn't mean statements. He doesn't talk. He doesn't have a mouth because he's not a human being. But the word statement in the way that we understand it, the way that we understand the statement of a human as being a manifest of the, of the, of the attribute of his, of, of, his, of, of his chesed, so too the word statement when in reference to Hashem means... A statement in reference to Hashem also means the power that lays within the midos of Hashem that creates the, the universe. Yeah? You hear what we're saying? Yeah. Anyway, so, so like this. Um, I, 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 I'm skipping to the end of the parak because I, I want to make sure that we make this... Uh, we want to make sure that we make this point because we want to discuss the, the we want to discuss the uh, the the 
the twenty-two the twenty-two letters of the of the aleph base, right? So he says like this. He says vihine hein chav beis mini hamshachas chius v'kochos shonos zemizeh. There are twenty-two main powers that Hashem propagates into the world from within Himself, for lack of a better word, that have the the uh, the uh, the capacity for the creative process that, that 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 are the engine or the the, the battery for the creation cr- cr- creative process. Each one of those letters. With these letters, these 22 letters represent the same way that the 10 statements represent, the 22 letters also represent this drawing of Hashem's attributes in, 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 in being able to power the creation of the universe. And everything that's inside the universe is created this way. And that's why, because Hashem wanted that there should be 22 of these categories. No, no less and no more. These are the 22 letters which are in the mouth, which are, a person is able to pronounce. And this is what it means, I think. I mean, the, the, he doesn't say this, but this is what it means. that You know, we say it in Beratius, that the Pasuk says in, in Beratius chapter 2, verse number 4, it says that Hashem created the world, He created the world. So what does Bihi Barom mean? Rashi says, well, when He created him, Rashi says in his second explanation, that Hashem created Olam Hazeh and Olam Abo. He created this world and the world to come with the letter He and the letter Yud. Olam Hazeh is created, created with the letter He and Olam Abo is created with the letter Yud. Right? So, what? So, in, in line with, with what we're saying is, is that the letter He and the letter Yud somehow uh, represent those kohos which create the uh, which create the, the which create Olam Hazen Olam Abba, the same way that the Rebbe is explaining here. So so now it's like this. He also says uh, in the next cha- you know starting with the next chapter, he says like this. He says when you take the letters of the Aleph base. So for example, let's say you take Aleph. Reish Yud Hey. He doesn't give this example, but we're giving this example. He says you take the letter Aleph Reish Yud Hey, which spells Aryeh, which is a lion. Now each letter, as we said, represents a koach, represents a uh, uh, an original power of Hashem. So when you take the combination of those three letters, which each of them in their shapes represent one of the twenty-two categories you automatically, when you put them together, there's going to be created a lion. Because that's what a lion is. A lion is, we don't know what it is, but a lion is an Aleph, Reish, Yud, He. What is an Aleph, Reish, Yud, He? Whatever the Aleph represents is the clothing of that Koach of Hashem. And the Reish represents the clothing of that Koach of Hashem. And if you would mix the, if you would put the Reish first and the Aleph second, then it would not be a lion anymore. It has to be specifically in that order. What about words that are... What? 
So there's the 22 letters, but the vowels themselves differentiate certain words that have the same letters. Maybe, maybe he doesn't mention the vowels, but maybe yes. He also says, interesting, he says that the, that the first letter represents the most, uh, like, you know, like they have the ingredients, like, a, of a, like, I don't know, chocolate chips, I don't know. The first <laughs> ingredient is the one that's the majority. He says the first letter, the first letter represents um, the most, the, 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 the majority, the, the, most, the, the, the dominant element of that particular creation. So by an Aryeh, it's going to be the Aleph. We, 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 he doesn't explain why. He doesn't give any examples. But he says that the, the different combinations and the different, um, the different combinations and the different sizes of the letters and the shapes all are not by accident. And they're all representative somehow of, of this, of this, uh, of these koichas of Hashem, of these midas of Hashem, which we just described. So, the point that I was thinking of, you know, regarding what we, what we were saying, that uh, the point that I was thinking of regarding what we were saying was that, that when we're learning Torah, the Torah is made out of the Aleph base, right? We're learning the Torah, we're learning uh, Aleph base. I mean, you can read the whole Nevzachayim and everything else, but just, you know, a simple, uh, a simple idea that, that the, the Torah brings light into the world you know, so when we're learning the Torah, we're actually engaging in the, um, in the expression and the study of the, of the letters, the 22 letters, which are really the, the clothing, the veils for the 22 kohos, which are uh, uh, the, 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 the supernatural, you know, the metaphysical powers of the attributes of Hashem, which are the... the you know, you can think of this as like a chemistry. Yeah, you know, it's a chemistry. You take the, uh, the the molecules and the atoms, the proton, whatever. And when you put together H two O two two hydrogens and and one oxygen, you get water. If you if you if if you don't put it together that way, you have only two hydrogens or two oxygens. You know, you're not going to get water, right? So 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 the the same way this operates. Also, we're engaging in the in the chemistry, in the metaphysical chemistry of the universe when we're studying Torah. And so, and so that's recalibrating and affecting the whole universe. That's why the Torah is, is this is what, what, what Laura wanted to know, right? This is why the Torah is represented by light. This, this type of light, light is only like, it's a mushal. It's, uh, it's, it's also a parable. The, the same way that the light shines onto a dark room and now you could see everything, and, right? And, uh, it's, and it's, 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 the atmosphere changes from, uh, from gloom and scary to... To, 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 to bright and, 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 and happy, right? So too, when one learns the Torah, like the, the letter, when one engages in the, in the um, metaphysical chemi- chemi- chemical makeup, building blocks of the, of the universe, then that literally brings light into the universe. It literally brings, changes and recalibrates the whole thing. That, that's what, that, that, that's what the, the Greeks tried to stop, and that's what we're celebrating, that, that, you, that this cannot be stopped. This has to be uh, the integral element of, 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 of living. Yeah, anyway. What's your... Uh, I've heard the thought, speech, action a lot in different parts of Tanya or different parts of Pesidus, but I'm just kind of curious. Here you're saying it emanates from your soul, your Mida, and I'm just wondering... 
there are some negative mudot, if anger or, <coughs> or whatever. And I want to think of the soul as being a pure entity, and that my negative ent- midot come from somewhere else. And I don't know if you have an answer, but I'm just... I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I have an answer, but I, I would say that the evil that we do is, uh, is also comes from, uh, I don't know how. <coughs> from our the, soul? If you read the first part of the Tanya, I mean, he describes exactly how it is. You know, with that. But he always says that comes, I, I feel like maybe you've read more than I have, but that more, it comes from the heart, but that the, the soul or the klipot that are around, but that the soul in itself is pure and good. There's right. A feeling like that. Could be that it doesn't originate that. Maybe it's bastardized by it. I don't, I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how that works. It's a question of quantity. I mean, you can be anger at a certain level, too much anger is bad. Mm-hmm. But you need to have a little bit of anger sometimes to get you motivated. So the, the, the Midos... He does say that there are different qualities of Nishamas. There are different quality of Nishamas. That yeah. Higher, certain, lower. Higher, lower. And those, you know, the different qualities, the gradations are going to... The, grada- the gradations are, are going to be... Uh, um, symbol not symbolized, but they're, they're going to be the gradations are going to be manifest with proclivities that we show, mm-hmm. at, at the very least, and, and that would be originating from the from the from the from the shama itself. So, mm-hmm. exactly how it works, I don't know, but but the, the the point is is that it's the point that we're making is is that it's coming from a deeper place that we don't really actually know what that place is. We can't really recognize it. Interesting because. Though that kind of process that you're talking about, I was I didn't I didn't um, translate it to the soul. Like when I, when you listen to Rabbi, he says it. He says it. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like we read Akiva, it. Akiva Tats, like he, he talks more about desire or this kind of root um, blueprint of you of you, right? Your Rabbi wants to marry something, and I have. Like you said, my proclivities that are un... I can't tap into them. I, I use them in my decision-making, in my whatever I do, but I can't change them, right? I don't know, I like chocolate or something like that. And that's part of... But I was... That ratzon, I never equated it or tagged it to the, to the soul, which sounds like what I'm hearing here. Yeah. That's what it sounds like, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll have to look at it more. All right, all right, let's go. Freya from Hanukkah.